0: Hello and welcome to another Perusia podcast. I'm Raish, your host, and very excited today to be joining me from the United States the founder of Heart of the Father Ministries and un- you probably know as Unbound Ministries. It is none other than Neil Lozano. Hello Neil, how are you doing?
1: Well, so so uh, I'm doing great. It's great to be able to visit with you today and uh and we're really looking forward to our trip to Australia. And this is the this is the first step, I guess.
0: That's right. Yeah, we are excited that the announcement uh, of you coming to Australia. Uh is this your first trip to Australia that will be working?
1: Yes, it's it's our first trip, yes. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Um it's I've, exciting. I've it's often wanted to come. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. What, what are the uh, so can you let our audience know when when will you be in Australia?
1: Well we're gonna uh we'll we'll fly in on the uh well we leave here on April twenty fourth. Okay. <laughs> and uh and we'll be there for ten days. So the two weekends following one will be working with leaders and we'll have we're going to have a day with priests and then uh then the following week we'll we'll be doing our freedom in christ conference
0: yeah and, uh,
1: before we go home
0: that's with the uh, our friends at the uh, servants of jesus yes in, uh, yes in Sydney. yeah yeah fantastic and, uh, i can't wait for that look out for that uh please uh yeah if, we're going to put links in the description below Uh, for that upcoming event those two events and uh, please pray for that and if you are able to register um, go to the servants of jesus website and they are promoting uh, all these events so highly encourage that and uh, we're 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 blessed to be involved uh, as well at perusia to be helping to spread the word so but um, before um i guess uh yeah talking about um unbound and talking about your work I wanted, it, being your first time here on our podcast, just to get a little bit to know about yourself, introducing you to our audience. Who is uh, Neil Lozonia? A, a little bit, a bit of a background about yourself and and your faith journey, please.
1: Well, I guess I could start with we um, uh, been married for fifty years. We're celebrating our fiftieth anniversary in in Australia. Wow! Congratulations. And, uh, <laughs> and so we have uh, we have four sons, and fourteen grandchildren. Wow! And that's that's where we're at. And my wife and I have. Uh, traveled bringing this message of uh, freedom in Christ uh, for uh, well, a long time now and uh, but it also it really is uh, you know God God sets us aside for his work for his purposes and it's it's kind of like you look back if I look back at my life I can see his hand uh, on my life leading us to this point of bringing this message to the church so I was, I was raised a Catholic um, uh, you know, I was taught to pray. I went to Catholic grade school. I was an altar boy, and I even remember one specific, uh, special time during a during a church mission uh, where I experienced the presence of God. I, it was almost startling. You know, uh, I walked out of there just saying, "Was that just the incense, <laughs> or did I, was that God?" You know, and uh, but as a teenager, I, I drifted i um you know slowly became more obsessed with the world and and the things of the world and it was basically that rebellion time and that time of finding yourself and and i was i was making the wrong choices and that that uh that lasted into my into my well into my twentieth year and um and what happened was uh you know all during that time i just i kept going to i kept going to mass every sunday. I guess I'm a, a cautious type of person. I didn't want to take the chance that I was wrong. <laughs> but I, I remember just using that time of thinking about the people. Why are they there? Why am I there? What is this all about? And should I should I keep coming? And I I kept coming. And I think it was a grace released to me by just that simple decision. Uh but things changed when I was twenty years old and my uh, my father died and at that point it seems like i really needed the answer to those questions i really needed to know whether there was a god or wasn't a god uh if there wasn't a god then i then i had this anger in me like he was ripped off you know all that all that praying and stopping by the church and serving the church and he, he was ripped off he's and there's he's no place but if there is a god then he is someplace and i don't I didn't have any connection to that at that time. And uh, so I, I remember, uh, so that was my search. That was my intensity of my search in those next six months. And and I can only share a couple of examples. I didn't know I was searching, but I remember being in in like a bar and, and somebody would say, there isn't a God. And I would say, oh, there is a God, and I'd argue. And then and I'd they would argue the other way around. You know, it's... it's uh, I was hoping, I think, that somebody would prove to me that there was a God, that it was real, wow. but nobody could. Nobody was good enough to convince me, at least in the bars. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, so it was about six months after my father died. He died in August. It was uh, it was in January of 1970, and uh, my cousin was a, a priest. Some of some of your listeners have heard of him and know him, Father Mike Scanlan, who's now, yes. now gone yes. on to be with the Lord, and uh, he was at my house and he was talking about how he'd just recently been baptized in the Holy Spirit, and he was talking about miracles and speaking in tongues and and I just did, I didn't really pay attention. It was like anything like that would happen with a saint or somebody else, not not me, and it just didn't there was no connection. But I was troubled about this whole thing about mass, and I called him aside before uh, before I was going to leave that night. I said, "You know, Father Mike, uh, would you explain the mass to me again? Because after you explain it to me, I get something out of it for a while." Mm. And uh, so he looked at me and he and he said, "Neil, I, you know, if you don't know God." when you go into church, church, you'll never know what's going on at Mass. And it was like those words brought conviction. The Holy Spirit brought, you know, Holy Spirit brings conviction. In that moment, I was convicted that I didn't have faith. But inside, it was a protest. The protest was, but... My family prays, but I, 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 my mother goes and asks my father, we pray I, I'm an old I was an older boy, you know it's like anything I could grab at to cover up my my nakedness at that moment, and it was just a moment, but just a moment, and then he said, "So Neil, now I like to pray with people uh, uh and uh and so he leaned over and he started to pray. And he said, Lord, here I am with Neil, who I love. And like, there was no pause there. But in my mind, I'm thinking, wow, that's, he's just talking to God. Mm. <laughs> you know, I only knew that our father, Hail Mary, Glory Be. Yep. <laughs> you know, that's all that we, we ever did back then, you know. <laughs> and he was talking to God like he knew him. And he said, here I am with Neil, who I love. I said, oh, that's nice. And then he asked for the Holy Spirit to come. And in that moment, I experienced this, uh, this rush of joy and love up the back of my neck. It was physical. I could feel it in my neck and into my head. And I felt such joy. I, uh, I felt like laughing, but, but he was leaned over intensely praying. you know. And uh, so I had to keep it, keep it inside. I was looking around we were in the den of my house I was looking around saying God's in my den (laughs) he's in my den how could this be? and so that's where it began for me in terms of my encounter with the Lord
0: praise be to God so how long was it the journey from there to starting your ministry?
1: well I didn't have any uh, I didn't have any formation (laughs) I mean he blew in he blew out and I just knew to go look and see if there's other people that like to pray whether there's a prayer group and there was one guy from Cleveland and, and one seminarian that I found the next semester and and that was the beginning of a, a large prayer group we had at Vannova University and uh, uh, but for me there was a there was a, a backstory I, I think I I from the very beginning wanted to tell others because what I did, after I encountered the Lord, I just, I didn't know what to do. All I knew to do was what he did with me. So I, one by one, got together with my friends and I just said, this happened to me and, and you know, would you like to pray together? And and I did it one after another and there's, there's all kinds of different responses from, from them. Uh, uh, you know, some of them were very moved by my sincerity. Nobody insulted me. And uh, one guy actually said, Hey, yeah, yeah. Hey, how about we get some marijuana and do this, do this together? <laughs> you know. So he's touching something, and he wanted to go back to what he knew, you know. Um, but I just wanted to give it away. Um, and so, getting involved in the prayer group was always about telling other people, uh, finding other people to tell, because this was such an amazing gift that God had revealed himself to me. I knew Jesus Christ. He was alive. And uh, and yet, you know, when I went back to school, my first stage of deepening my relationship with the Lord was, was uh, I began to feel that absence. I wanted to experience again what it was like in my den. And he felt, it seemed like God was far from me. And somebody told me about the gift of tongues and how if, if I had to give the gift of tongues it would just come up in me and come out and experience this and that. And I said, well that that'd be great. Then God would be really close and and uh, I had the wrong idea of what tongues was. Uh and I they prayed over me and nothing happened. I was waiting for some sort of uh, powerful, overwhelming encounter. And uh and one day I just kind of came to the end of my asking and I got on my knees by my bed in my dorm room and I just said, Lord, everything I've done in my life, I've done halfway, but I don't want to follow you halfway. Uh, Jesus, you are my Lord and I want to follow you 100%. And it was like almost the next moment I had this thought come to my mind and, uh, it was. It was just simply try it, I said, try it. <laughs> so I did. I tried to speak in tongues, meaning I imitated what I heard at the prayer meeting, and uh, I was babbling along. And I thought, "Huh, this is a ripoff." You know, I could have done this all my life. I just could have done it. You know, there's no spirit involved in this and this sounds like what i heard and then i went over to my chair and i sat down and i was doing this and i was i was listening to myself and i and then i got my second inspiration use it for what it was meant for and so i read a book i read a book on tongues and i knew it was meant to praise god to worship him so i took my mind off myself and what i was hearing and i began to speak to him with these words that were not English. And the moment I did, I found myself in a place of worship and everything that I experienced in that first encounter with the Lord, it returned to me. It was like I was being filled with the spirit over again. And, uh, and so there were important lessons for me. It was like, the Lord just came in my den. He saved me. I met the savior. I didn't deserve anything. I didn't do anything. He just came. And, uh, and then I had to reckon with him as Lord. I had to make a decision. He was waiting for my willful response of choosing him and choosing him as my lord and uh and and that's what happened and uh, and you know and so it was a lesson that I learned God God you know when you look back at your conversion, you learn lessons, and they're with you the rest of your life. I would say like a year and a half later I experienced desolation again and I went uh I went to uh I went back to my cousin drove 4 hours talked to him and uh he prayed for me for a, for a healing in my family relationships and uh I experienced a new freedom uh, and and looking back at it I, I realized what what really took place when Jesus came to me is that he released forgiveness in my heart. And um and so that was the next step. I, I I began to realize that 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 there was greater freedom for me. And from that point I began to think, you know, I think I need deliverance. You know, when you taste and you get some freedom, then you know there's more. And that's part of the message of our, our conference is that, you know, no matter what you've received, what you've experienced. God always has more. And um, so I had very little experience with deliverance, but I began to think I needed deliverance. Uh, my first experience with deliverance was was uh, back when I was a senior at Villanova and uh, one of the other uh, members, uh, one of the other uh, guys that I met in the very beginning came to me and he said, you know, last night I was set free. And at that point I was saying, what do you mean you were set free? You were already filled with the Spirit. You're a follower the Lord, and he said, "Well, I was at the prayer meeting the other night, another prayer meeting in the city of Philadelphia, and he said they prayed for me, and I had this, I had this habitual, a sin that I had confessed that had been under spiritual direction for, and I couldn't stop. And when they prayed for me, I just felt the power of it lifted." It was like that was my introduction to the idea of deliverance, and I remember thinking at that time that if that's true, the whole world needs to know about this, you know. So those were my two foundations: the one is his testimony, and then uh, my testimony of a new level of freedom, wanting more. And um, so it took years. Over the years. Uh, somebody give a talk on deliverance, and I would go and i would I would say you know i I think I might need deliverance and and they would always look at me in this and they say and i wouldn't qualify you know they knew i I led a Christian community they knew I prayed every day they knew I was following the Lord in those days to qualify for deliverance prayer you needed to have problems that didn't get worked out through inner healing <laughs> and uh so so they'd say things like don't give the devil so much credit. And I'd pull back and say, I don't want to give the devil any credit. And uh and yet from time to time it came to me, I just felt like I needed deliverance. So it was um it was in the mid eighties. I was at a conference, and uh God touched my heart. It was like I was it was like I met him all over again. His mercy, he revealed to me that I was more like the older brother than the prodigal. And that was the name of my first book, The Older Brother Returns. And uh, so my heart, you know, I'd become doing the right thing, working hard, being righteous. And my heart had grown slowly, further and further from the Lord. And uh, all the while I thought I was the prodigal. And uh, at this conference, his mercy just touched me. I wept for the first time that I could remember. And just because he loved me. And then I saw this man that I knew prayed for deliverance. And I said, I'm gonna go for the whole thing, you know? So I went to him and I, I do tell this part of my story at the conference. I don't tell the whole the whole thing that we're getting to talk about today. Uh, so I went to him and I asked him for, if he'd pray for me for deliverance. And he said, what makes you think you need deliverance? And I thought, here we go again. <laughs> And and I told him a couple of reasons. I'll go into detail at the conference if if any of your listeners can come. And uh, and then he said, "Okay." And I was like surprised. And he prayed for a moment. And he said, "Do you feel that?" And I said, uh, "I felt something here, right here." And uh, and I said, "I feel that," but then. Uh, but in my head, the argument has gone on, that's not a that, that's me. What I'm feeling always seemed to have been there. It just belonged to me. It just was there. And this was a moment of grace where it was it was separating. It was so familiar to me. It just seemed like I belonged. And, uh, and just briefly, the next thing I remember him saying is I command a spirit of rejection to leave. There's a few things in between. But when he said that, I felt this thing that I thought was me just kind of gently lift off my head. Uh, No disruption, no no evil, anything. Just just I was free. And I knew all those years I was right. So that's kind of my foundation, you know, personally seeking freedom. So I really know what it means for people that are, especially people following the Lord, but no, they're not as free as they should be or want to be, and they really don't know where to go because maybe they don't qualify for a certain type of prayer, they don't understand it, uh, and um, and that's the foundation for Unbound Ministry. So it wasn't until um, it wasn't until uh, the mid '90s, uh, 1996 to be precise, that I was able to learn a few, couple things that enabled me to pray for deliverance in a way where the focus was simply on the person and on their hearts, not on evil spirits. You know, uh, when Ignatius talks about the movement of the spirit, he always talks about the movement in the heart. And it's like, you know, the enemy would love to shift our focus onto himself. If he can't hide, then he wants to be seen (laughs) and he wants to disrupt and distract and rob us of faith in God and, and believe more in his in the enemy's deception and his power. So in the mid-90s, I learned how to make the person the center, listening the center, and then leading them to renounce and leading them to forgive and leading them to surrender to the Lord. And that's where uh, the things got put together into what we now call The Five Keys to Freedom, which I'll go over again a little later. Uh, But the next thing that happened, it was a number number of years later, probably, uh, uh, I think it was 1998, we were invited back to Poland to teach in the the schools of evangelization. And we had been there before. And I said, said, this time, if I come back, I want to teach on deliverance. And uh, so... So the leader said, "Oh, sure, sure. No problem." But I think he had a different idea of deliverance because he brought me to the school and there was there was uh like 70 or 80 people from, you know, five different countries and uh priests from the Ukraine and several priests from Poland and he said, "Okay, I'm going with my wife to Latvia now. <laughs> I'll see you later." <laughs> he didn't want to stay for the deliverance. <laughs> and that's that's the reaction we get sometimes. People have this Weird idea of what deliverance needs to be, and uh, so we had an amazing week. It was probably I can't compare it to anything else. Uh, one thing is my wife and I prayed for people. We taught, and then we prayed for people like eight hours a day, you know. And we and and uh, our translator went on to translate our book into into Polish, and she's she started unbound ministry and many many different cities in poland it was just planted there it was also at the very end we prayed for the nations and uh and we had different people from different nations come up and they they prayed and every time we prayed for one of the nations the holy spirit fell in power and then there was uh, one time we the most powerful nation we prayed for at that time was was the ukraine and uh and we uh it was just a you know, and and the priest who came from the Ukraine, Polish priest who's a missionary in the Ukraine, came up to me. Father Peter said, "You must come. You must come to the Ukraine." <laughs> and I said, "Yes, Father." <laughs> it was like you're not going to disobey Father Peter. And uh, so we had actually gone there three times, and Unbound's been translated into Ukrainian, and they just actually recently had a had a sex, second edition uh, printed. Um, so getting back to the story, coming back from Poland, that's when I knew God had entrusted us with something, something very special. And uh, I I knew I was supposed to write. And I never was a writer. Matter of fact, the only reason that I, I really wrote my first book was because a prophetic man came to our community and said, you're going to write books. And, And when I laughed at that idea, I laughed because all my teachers came to my mind, my English teachers, and, and they all knew I couldn't write. And they all knew I didn't know subject and verb, how they went together. And everybody in the room knew I couldn't spell. And so when he said that, when he said that, I just laughed. And of course, being a good prophet, he rebuked me for, for laughing at God's word. But I obeyed and I wrote the first book. And then that set me up for writing Unbound. And it uh, took me a while and a couple years for a, a non-published order, uh, author to get published. And uh, now the book has uh, been translated into 20 languages. Uh, over 300,000 copies have been uh, printed and, and sold throughout the world. Um, and it's just an amazing story of how God can take somebody with uh, with very little to offer and uh, make something out of their life. And uh, so I'm just grateful.
0: Praise God. Thank you very much for that, Neil. Um, You mentioned earlier about the five keys. Um, Could you please uh, elaborate on that? What are those five
1: keys? Uh, So this, this is the pattern that guides us through ministry to people. First, we ask the Holy Spirit to help us. We ask the person what's going on. We listen to the story. And we're listening according to five keys. The First is repentance and faith. Have they ever really surrendered to Jesus as Lord? Have they ever received him as Savior? You know, uh, sometimes people think repentance is is all about going deeper repentance of sin. Most people that come to us have already repented, you know, confessed their sins. But it's like, have they trusted the Lord? They trusted the Savior. Uh, And so sometimes that simple prayer uh, spoken again can bring somebody deeper, and then the next key is forgiveness, and we lead the person to begin to act on the faith that they've expressed in the Lord, and they, they tell their story uh, about whoever it is, especially family relations, and they, we lead them to say, "In the name of Jesus, I forgive my dad for not being there when I was young. I forgive him for the way he mistreated my my mother." forgive him for uh, the day that he beat my brother. And it scared me so much, you know, whatever it could be specific, could be general. For me, it was forgiving my dad for what he didn't do, not bad memories that I had. And so there's an absence because no father really represents God, the father adequately. And so there's a longing for more from our fathers and mothers. And so there's a, this, this, uh, this forgiveness process goes on, and then we move to the third key, which is renunciation of the lies. Uh, you know, through the traumas we go through, there's a lot of lies, responses we make within our minds, and uh, and those lies stick with us. And um, so, in the name of Jesus, I renounce rejection. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that I'm that I'm a loser, that I, that I'm ugly, that I'm worthless. Uh, in the name of Jesus, I renounce self-hatred. In the name of Jesus, I renounce self-rejection. Things that were identified as they told their story that kind of stuck. Because we're always looking to what's going on now, but what's the foundation? Because stuff that happened and how we responded to it in the past repeats itself. And that's the mercy of God. <clears throat> so so we listen very carefully keeping these things in mind. And then, uh, and many people are set free in the renunciation process. You know, when I, when I, when I renounced loneliness and isolation, I just felt a victory over it. I just felt it leave. You know, when I, uh, when I, uh, I just prayed with somebody the other day that, that she had been praying with before, but something happened in her life and she just, she just said, I just don't want to disappoint God. I just don't want to disappoint God. And, and so we talked a little bit about it. And she used the same words about her dad. I just didn't. I just always felt I disappointed him. I didn't want to disappoint him. So this was just with her. And so when I had her just say, in the name of Jesus, I renounce a spirit of disappointment. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that I will be a disappointment to God. Uh, she experienced liberty right away. Now, you go through that with some people. Some people don't experience that liberty till you get to the fourth key, which is taking your stand in Jesus' name. In Ephesians 6, it says, take your stand against the schemes of the devil. When we began to pray for deliverance for people, we didn't know what the schemes of the devil were. But I just laid out three of them. (laughs) You can put all the schemes of the devil Under the first one, you know, bringing you to unbelief and to live apart from God, unforgiveness, resentment, or one of his lies. And the enemy gets behind those things and empowers them. And so the the fourth key is taking your stand. In the name of Jesus, I I command any spirit or any lie or any uh, bondage, that I've renounced to leave right now i use those three words you can use any any one of those you want but you just you just stand take your stand command it to leave then the uh, fourth key is the father's blessing uh when we started uh we uh we started with praying for a filling uh, that's where we used to pray for deliverance a filling of the holy spirit uh and uh blessing but then we realized as we studied this we realized that every design and lie of the devil is, did, is, is designed to do two things it's rob you of your identity and rob you of your destiny or or god's plan for your life that he wants you to think you're purposeless so you don't have a purpose and you don't have a home in in god's heart and uh so we realized what was missing for so many people and we found this that this this was really discovered in our travels, and it's true around the world, that people lack the Father's blessing. There's a, there's a lack in their, their father's love, their mother's love, but it's kept them from really trusting in the, fa- in the Father of Jesus to be our Father. And so we go to that place where Jesus went into the river, and he took, a, he did, it was a baptism he didn't need. It's a baptism of repentance. He identified with you, Sharble. He identified with you. And he took you into that river and he went under. And you, you, you came into full agreement with him when you were baptized. And you came out of that river and the father opened up heaven. He said, Sharble, you're my son. You're my beloved son. It's, I'm so pleased with you. And uh, everybody needs to hear those words from the from from the Spirit, from the Father's heart. They can only be brought to us through the Son. And so, it's it's really a, a Trinitarian thing when we talk about the five keys. And uh, and sometimes people go through the first four keys; it's not significant for them. Get to the fourth, fifth key, <laughs> and it changes their life. Others, it's the first key or the or the third key, uh, but they all come together because, because when Jesus came, he came to reveal the Father. And so his mission is the same. He's going to reveal himself to you, He'll save you, redeem you, bring you into redemption, lead you into freedom. But the greatest freedom you'll ever receive is knowing that you're a child of God. And you only really know that when you encounter the Father's love. So that's the five keys real simply, and I hope it's uh, it's, it's like a, a taste and aroma that would uh, would draw a lot of your listeners to come to the Freedom of Christ conference that we're going to have. It's, it's fundamentally the gospel, you know, uh, you can just read it in in the scriptures. We just, we just put it together in a way that people can grab hold of it.
0: Praise be to God always. Are you able to elaborate on any of the resources you've done? I know you have the Unbound book. Uh, what other resources are they?
1: Well, uh, Unbound is the book I mentioned before that uh, many people read it. They pray, they pray at the end of the chapter, they get free. And, and many of those people come to a conference and, and grab hold of deeper freedom. Uh, the workbook goes along with the conference talks uh, that we'll be presenting. Uh, they're also available online, uh, but it it's, uh, it's, can be used as a group study or it can be used individually study, individual study, uh, it's just put together very, very well. And we have many other books, resources available, like our Inbound Ministry Guidebook, which is really to help people take it to another level, to, to help others. We're really interested in developing leaders and leaving a team behind in Australia so that they can go on and take these materials and go on and, and continue to pray for people for, for uh, years and years and years to come. In in a, in a way that's, uh, uh, and I know you pray for people all the time, but we we meet people quite often that said when I when I discovered Unbound it just led me, it was the thing that I was waiting for to bring it all together, all that, all that I had understood, kind of bring it together to a new new level, and uh, my son and I also wrote a book called Abba's Heart which really goes into the father's blessing in a deeper way. So there's a lot of great resources that will help, uh, help prepare for our conference and also help, uh, help afterwards.
0: And for those who want to get in touch with you, can you uh, let us know what the website is? Do you have a website we can contact you at?
1: Well, our website is, uh, heartofthefather.com. I'm sure if you type in, uh, unbound ministry, you might get a couple websites that use that name, but, uh, uh, you, you'll find us, uh, our, our website has some short clips that explain things real clearly, real, in a real brief way. Uh, so that's heartofthefather.com. And, uh, and we, and we have a podcast and it's a good way to get a lot of information quickly. We have two years of podcasts up there with some are like, uh, what is unbound and, you know, uh, the different keys we go over. So. So if somebody really wants to delve into it immediately, uh, they can do that by going to heartofthefather.com. It's
0: been such a blessing to speak with you, Neil, and God has truly been journeying with you in your life. Can I ask you uh just for any final thoughts or, or comments before we wrap up here today?
1: Well, I'll go back to what I said in the beginning that there's more. Uh, the Lord the Lord knows you, He knows your heart. He, he knows all those prayers you've whispered that you uh, might have thought he forgot. I'm going to tell one, I have time to tell one story, one quick story. Uh, I'll make it quick, but it, it's just to what I was just praying about. Uh, this woman came up. We we trained leaders, and she came up to prayer with the leaders, and they did what we told them, and they gave the command, and, and they said, is anything coming to your mind? And And she said, wings. I see wings and she was perplexed and uh and then a moment later she she begins to cry she realized what it was and she said when i was a little girl i used to climb up under my roof and i used to ask god for wings so that i could fly away from the chaos in my house and uh and that always reminds me about how god has always heard your prayer and he's always set in motion a response, and that this might have taken forty years, but God reminded her that He had heard her prayer, and that this day, when she was set free, she was getting her wings. So, uh, so God, God knows each of your listeners. He knows their hearts. He knows the, the depths, and uh, He wants to meet them in the depths of their their pain and their depths of their and their personal histories so that he could reveal himself to them in a greater measure.
0: Thank you so much, Neil, for that. We are out of time, unfortunately. I could speak to you all day. Looking forward to your trip to Australia. So can't wait for that. Um, Thank you for joining us uh, today, Neil, Uh, praying for you. Please pray for us at Parousia and we'll see you very soon down under.
1: God bless you.
0: Thank you, everyone. We hope you've enjoyed that interview with Neil Lozano, the founder of Unbound Ministries and Heart of the Father Ministries. Uh, I ask you to pray uh, with me for him. And uh, if you want to register for the upcoming conference, go to the Servants of Jesus uh, website. I'll put some links below with all the information about the upcoming conference. And, of course, to get to know more about what Neil is doing, go to their website as well. Again, link below for that, Heart of the Father Ministries. And, and finally, look, if you want to get in touch with us, please, all of our podcasts are uploaded to YouTube, and as well as all of the popular uh, podcast apps. So make sure you subscribe, uh, click the notification bell, and then share these uh, great interviews with your family and friends. So go to perusia.media.com to know more. That is another week of the Perusia podcast. I am Shah Boresh. Until next time, God bless.